Welcome to Categorical Oracle, the podcast where three librarians organize pop culture's junk drawer. I'm Mary Johnston, and with me is, pointing at Andrew. Andrew Crawford. Point, and, pointing at Kelly. Kelly Kennedy. Why are you guys being The vacation. <laughs> Kelly copy the time, Kennedy. The time Ooh. away did not improve you two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to I'm trying to channel the kind of energy um, a worn out mother has at the end of a road trip to really lean into this post Labor Day mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like the kids have to go to school. I can't wait until they go to school. Maybe not this qu- year, qu- but you know. Question mark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, but in other years where you're like, oh, I can't wait to send these kids off to school. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, <laughs> totally, totally. I mean, there is like a, there is a certain, it's a special kind of stir craziness of getting out of a car after a, a long trip. Mm-hmm. But yes, I hope most people, most people listening to this, did not take long traditional vacations <laughs> this summer. Because it's not safe. Um, what they were figuring, they said that like be, basically because of Disney, because of Florida, there's no like Florida just can't do contact tracing mm-hmm. anymore. Jesus, it's just over, man. Like, I know a man who many... moved to Florida this summer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's a smart man too. Normally, and also moving to Florida <laughs> in summer. Oh God, yeah, Ooh. it's been over a hundred degrees. Like every guys, day. Uh, the Everglades have Nile crocodiles in them now. Hey! It all comes back to Joe That's Exotic. A... <laughs> That's exciting. Who gets a Nile crocodile for a pet? Uh, Michael Jackson. That's that's Michael... whose crocodiles they were. You're shitting me. Wait, no. Michael Jackson's crocodiles are the ones that are in the Everglades? No, the ones that were killed at Joe Exotic. Oh, Exotics. yes. Were they Nile crocodiles? Though? Nile crocodiles are no enormous. They like they're big and they're very they're vicious. Like I don't know. There's no way. Like no, the the not the Nile crocodiles that are in the Everglades are definitely they think are ex- exotic pets that got too big and they like dumped them. But that would be like being like, yeah, I got a snake. It's the most poisonous biggest snake i could get like why it's like having a personal zoo and including hippos in it and then uh getting shot by the cops and uh the hippos getting out and now there's a hippo infestation in a in a south american country two episodes in a row (laughs) so right we've had this summer has been weird um but you can always live vicariously uh for old and good old times of summer by watching summer movies, which is why we're talking about classic summer tales, movies that take place during the summer and are quintessentially summer in one way or the other. And we're starting with the big the big Mac Daddy of all dun, dun. summer movies. The first blockbuster dun, dun. in the world. So, so when I was a kid, my uncle and aunt, my aunt and uncle had a piano, like an old out-of-tune piano in their house. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, eight or something. And I figured out that, you know, that's just like two notes. I don't remember which ones, but like. What is up with <clears> you <throat> figuring out the theme songs for blockbuster movies? Well, I would say, so like with Jurassic Park and my other go-to thing I figure out on instruments, that's, that's a gentle tune. This is when you, when you have an eight-year-old child playing it very loudly on an out-of-tune piano all through Thanksgiving. It's not. It sounds great. That sounds the great. The worst thing you could hear. Yeah. But yeah. it's a little rough. Yeah. I mean, it sounds pretty yeah. good. Um, I'm going to tell you guys what Jaws is about. After Andrew's done sneezing, he's doing that thing where he's making the facial expression, oh, like, 
It's like like you're smelling trapped. a bad smell. Oh god, it's in there. It's not gonna come out easy. Oof. <laughs> I tried to scare the I think, I think, out of I think you. it just dissolved into my head. Or Andrew, are you the rest of your allergies going crazy as well? Um, this they, has been a bad year for mosquitoes, and I have yeah. allergies this year, which I almost never do. Yeah, I think it's just. Yeah, I think like, it's because we let nature heal a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Big we mistake. To, we need to kill nature. Just to, we need to tar a little bit of nature. <laughs> Kelly, get out there with your paintbrush and your bucket of tar, <laughs> and go to work. <laughs> All right. I'm going to tell you guys what Jaws is about. I can't imagine there's a soul alive that does not know what Jaws is about. But So there's but. this one James Bond movie, and this guy has <laughs> some metal teeth, and he eats licorice, but it looks like a rope. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm going to tell you what it's about, and you may you may see if you notice anything about my description of hmm, this movie. Sure. Maybe it will remind you of something that previously you didn't make a connection to. Just see if you can spot it. An island town is being tormented by a 20-foot long great white shark who is trolling the shoreline and snapping up swimmers for lunch. The mayor fears an economic an economic downturn and decides to keep the beaches open while downplaying the danger of this shark. This massive failure to protect the public forces a pair of subject matter experts, a scientist and a grizzled shark hunter, to team up with a low-level elected official to hit the high seas to slay the beast. I mean, it sounds like Jaws. I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I can't imagine what you're talking about. I guess, like, does Jaws 2 have a similar plot? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Jaws 2. How would, a, how would Jaws 2 translate to a pandemic? Uh, we'll see what the fall is like, I guess, because Jaws 2 is <laughs> yeah. after Amity. Like, How much massive rainfall are we going to get in the fall yeah. now? Um, yeah. I cannot believe that Jaws is about... Rona. I cannot believe the Jaws <laughs> scooped Rona. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> like it's it's yeah, because it's... it seems unbelievable. In any other time, it would seem unbelievable, but you know, here we go. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's it's real messed up. Yeah. Um, but Jaws is a great movie. Uh, Kelly, I believe yes. you have never seen Jaws, which Kelly. blows no, it is... my mind. It is one of the pantheon of movies that I have never watched. But it's Jaws. Uh, I was basically positive as a child that it would terrify me. Yeah, it's scary. Oh, yeah, it probably would. It's a scary fucking movie, yeah. Yeah. And as you know, I do not love a scary movie. But this isn't like a a dark scary movie. It's different. It's more of a suspenseful movie. It's a thrilling scary movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that would be fine now. It's more like an action. And and I should watch it now as an adult, but... Uh, as as anything younger than my thirty year old self, thirty one year old self, excuse me, uh, <laughs> that I it would be it would be too scary, <laughs> too scary, no, too, too scary. scary. I have I have nightmares and weird dreams, and I don't need to add in a, a giant shark. Yeah. That's fair, I suppose. I but... mean, here's the real question: At any point in your childhood, were you scared of taking baths or sitting on the toilet because you thought something would bite your bottom? <laughs> No. Well, if you had watched but, Jaws, well, yes. then you would have. <laughs> That's a lie. I, 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 yes, I was scared of that stuff. But what I was more terrified of was dolls because uh, my dad let my sister watch Chucky and I was in the room and that didn't work out well. <laughs> I've never seen Chucky. So there you go. Mm. I believe it's called Child's Play. Actually. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, uh, mm. uh, Bride of Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> Which I believe is not scary at all. But mm. maybe. I don't know. Maybe. It's probably uh, like frighteningly I, the original, sexist. Yeah, pro- probably. <laughs> uh, the original Child's Play, though, is supposed to be scary. Yeah. 
Well, all those original movies are scary. Like the first, you know, the first of it's that weird thing where like the first of miniseries are actually like very good movies. Like the first Rambo, legitimately like a very good movie. Very right? good movie. Yep. The other ones are just sort of weird, racist, ge- racist jingoism, right? It's like, kind of crazy that it, it went in that direction since the first, the first yeah. movie. It's like when they were like, let's stop having white law enforcement shoot at him and have um, Viet Cong shoot at him. Let's just like, yeah. That's what we'll do. Okay. He was just we'll so Again. good at soldiering. Let's just let's throw. Actually, it. I have no idea what the plot is, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I've seen clips and still. Of I'm, Rambo 2? You've never seen Rambo 2? No. <laughs> You've, I've seen, like, all of the Rambo wow. movies. Wow. Okay. There's a great, I can't, it's Rambo 2 or Rambo 3 where he <laughs> shoots a helicopter down with a uh, grenade launcher. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's fair. It's yeah. pretty good. But you should see Jaws. Jaws is a very good movie. Um, yeah. And ideally, once in your life, you should see Jaws. If you're going to see Jaws only once, you should try to see it on a big screen. Assuming there are any movie theaters left at this point in history. Yes. Yeah. I, didn't you, one of the things you want to do this this summer was see Jaws in, like, pools? Oh, yeah, that is definitely not happening anymore. Yeah, yeah. they, yeah, that's they were going to have, canceled. like, a floating theater thing with uh, with Jaws, which would be really fun to be in water and watching Jaws and getting nervous. <laughs> There'd be so much pee in that water, though. <laughs> yep. Also, at least one jackass with a fake fin. I think it was in a lake, though. It wasn't a- oh, well, of course, yeah, but you know what? Bull, bull sharks can survive in fresh water. <laughs> and actually, the original shark that uh, Jaws is based on uh, was swimming up a river that is fresh water. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The New yeah. Jersey shark mm-hmm. attack. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Scary. Which apparently was just like a dumb shark that didn't know how to get back to the ocean. It <laughs> was like, I'm hungry. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's true. That's what shark scientists think. They're like, we don't really, can't really explain it. We just assume it's a shark of low intelligence who couldn't home. <laughs> like, properly. <laughs> got stuck. Uh, got st- <laughs> stuck in a river and just kept going the wrong way. Um, let's get into categories. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the War of 1812. Yeah. I think about 1814 <laughs> yes. specifically. The song Star Star Spangled Banner was written. Uh, And a part of it, (laughs) the rocket's red glare, we still celebrate, I think, if this is how it works, I don't know, by shooting off fireworks into the sky on July 4th. (laughs) Or every night of every day of the summer. True, true, true. So it's interesting because this is a celebration of, you know... Or sometimes at cops. Yeah, of course. Or sometimes in the middle of light, lightning and thunderstorms. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. That's fine. So, that was wild. So it's a moment in history in which an oppressive colonial power tried to sort of seize the autonomy of a group of people who had fought for their rights for freedom. And we celebrate it by blowing things up in the sky. And I think this is a very relevant <laughs> parallel for Jaws and for Jaws as a parallel for the state of the world. So I with uh, Rocket's Dread Glare. <laughs> Oh. My category. Nice. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. Um, my category really is about the fact that it's it's weird how relevant it is to um, our national response to um, the Rona, this ma- this horrible pandemic, and we're kind of like, well, but like, what if people? Wait, rich people might become less rich. Oh no! no. Oh, open everything up. Keep it open. We can't. We can't have an economic collapse. Um, go out there and die. So, and to be fair, they're they're not worried about ec- economic collapse for them. They just want to consume. Mm-hmm. Correct. Well, they also want us to care consume about, too. Well, okay. they would also really yeah. prefer that we not um, do a little French Revolution and chop off all their heads. You know, uh, I just saw a chart today 
that uh, the income disparity is worse now than it was during the French Revolution or before the French Revolution. Jesus Christ. So the people sing, (laughs) sing the songs of angry men. Da, 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 da. I was never a lame-ass kid, so I don't know all the words. Anyway. Is it sing the songs of angry men, though? Sure. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, singing the songs is, is definitely correct. Yeah. I mean, uh, beyond <laughs> that, I'm just riffing and frankly probably improving. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Oh, so my category. Uh, my category won't make sense for a little bit. It is called A Tale of Two Leaders. A Tale of Two Leaders. Okay. okay. Oh, oh, it has a it has a, a, a sibling. It, it has a friend. Yeah. It has yeah. a That's friend. That's a bold maneuver. Bold opening move, Kelly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so... My category is focusing on the fact that it that oh sorry I went right no, in the middle you're sorry fine. oh my god Jaws the meaning for <laughs> opening move the meaning of Jaws has changed for me I always thought it was man versus uncontrollable forces of nature mm-hmm. now I realize that it's actually about um, how man versus communism <laughs> versus capitalism uh, now I'm like they should yeah. have harnessed the shark to take down the man <laughs> that's what they needed to do or they should have been like well think like the only bright side of this shark is that that mayor is definitely not getting reelected <laughs> definitely not getting reelected um and it's a little eerie to like watch it now so I know you guys have all heard of the uncanny valley mm-hmm. yeah this movie mm-hmm. takes you down a tr- uh, as a trip down the eerie canal Oh. Okay. Lovely. I, I, I'm intrigued by the I potential mean. of yours, Kelly, but I think you, well, this you is guys a smoked me last time, so I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for uh, a comeback. Coming back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't call it a comeback. Call it a comeback. Okay, I'll call it a comeback. <laughs> Please call it a comeback. I would much prefer if I called it a comeback. Okay. 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 <laughs> uh, next up, we have Dirty Dancing. Kelly, what is Dirty Dancing about? Uh, Dirty Dancing is the story of. Uh, of a woman named Baby. <laughs> this is a story about a woman named Baby. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, vacationing in the Catskills with her family. I don't know. I don't. Anyways, um, so she's a square who wants to break free. So she carries some watermelons and crashes the staff's dirty dancing party. Uh, there she meets Johnny, who is a the dance teacher at the, at the camp they're staying at. Um, and learns that his dance partner, uh, not in, in romance, just in dance, all business, is pregnant. Yeah, pregnant. <laughs> yeah, she learns that she's pregnant, and because Baby's family has money, because uh, her dad is a gynecologist, lends dance partner whose name is Penny uh, money for her abortion. <laughs> uh, but she has to learn how to dance in the meantime, so, so that Penny and Johnny. Don't miss a performance and therefore a full season's worth of pay. Uh, the abortion goes wrong because that's the hellscape we lived in uh, <laughs> before Roe versus Wade. Uh, and baby's father, who happens to be a gynecologist, is there, and that's helpful. Huh. Uh, but she thinks that the baby is Johnny's. Tells him not. To, tells baby to stay away from Johnny because he's impregnated Johnny one woman and <laughs> caused her to have he's impregnated a one dangerous woman. back alley. His semen is wildly fertile. <laughs> yeah. Baby, you stay away from her. To be fair, Baby could have had a very safe abortion from her father. (laughs) Uh, Kelly, what do you think Thanksgiving would be like that year? (laughs) It would have probably been one of his partners. It's fine. I mean, they're camping. Uh, So so, uh, Johnny uh, crashes the talent show 
tells her dad that no one puts baby in a corner and then lifts her up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> no which, one puts baby in a corner, only in uterus. Which, oh God, which to be fair, which to be fair, wouldn't necessarily imply that he wasn't going to impregnate baby. <laughs> if anything, it's, yeah. I mean, I've never seen the movie, but I feel like my sense is that he's definitely going to. You've never seen Dirty Dancing? You've never seen no, Dirty Dancing? I feel like you, you and I watched it together and we were like, because I, I did not see it at an appropriate age. Mm. I saw it way late in life. Mm-hmm. And I was You were like, actually a baby when you saw no, it. No, it, like, it was similar to me watching Top Gun where I was like this is not what I thought it was at all <laughs> like whoa oh, yeah. what is this is this? a homoerotic masterpiece <laughs> like I am so turned on right now um, <laughs> you're like look at these people crawling at each other oh, oh I, I, I meant Top Gun <laughs> Wait, oh, volleyball sorry. in jeans? I mean, I, I should have known that. Vol, vol, vol Kilmer. Vol Kilmer. Vol Kilmer. Uh, volleyball Vol Kilmer. Voluntary Kilmer. Uh, Dirty Dancing, I would like to say uh, that Baby was 18 and Johnny was 25, mm. which is always... Oh, the past, though, so that's like know. a very reasonable age difference. At least she is of age. Yeah, yeah, that's actually pretty yeah. progressive, Kevin. <laughs> She's not explicitly she's 16. Lucky she's not 16. Say, like, yeah. Not one of the many te- 16-year-old girls that adult men wrote sexy songs about in the past. Do you think that yeah. her dad's name was oh. Papa? And do you think that his mom's name was Mama? Sort of like a sort of like a like a sister bear, brother bear kind of situation. Sort of baby human, mama human, daddy human. Um, I mean, simply yes. She her name is not literally baby though. No, her name is Frances. <gasps> I, oof. She doesn't go by Frankie. Wasted. Mm. No, her family calls her baby and she hates it. <laughs> nobody puts baby in a car. Um, does he call her baby yeah, or does he call puts, her Frances he calls her baby. for the whole movie? <laughs> he calls her baby. Nobody puts Fran in a corner. <laughs> yeah. Um so there is a plot point that I did not that I did not put in that uh in that the story. You glossed over. Which is that that I glossed over, which is that Johnny gets fired because somebody is stealing. <laughs> And they accuse him of it. Um, and it's not him. It's a woman who keeps trying to sleep with mm-hmm. him, who's stealing, uh, who I want you to know they gave, <laughs> who they offered the part to Dr. Ruth. <laughs> and and Dr. Ruth was going to do it. But then she found out that the that her character would be a thief and said, no. <laughs> Dr. Ruth's like, I have a reputation to maintain. Yeah. Sorry. I have a reputation. And it involves a lot of My difference. reputation will involve me sexually harassing Patrick Swayze, but it will not involve me being a petty thief, sir. <laughs> Uh, the American public will never recover from that. Uh, isn't there also some? So of course this is this is a little bit of a story about the slobs versus the snobs. Like they they address some classism here, right? Because you have yes. like the rich people, and then you have the dancers, <laughs> right? The rich people are like the people who work. and the people yes. that work. And isn't there some weird? Because they're like Patrick Swayze. It must be said, uh, blindingly white, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, he's he's uh he's swarthy in that like he's Italian. Kelly's <laughs> <laughs> like, why well, some the people like Patrick Swayze? <laughs> some people don't think Italian people are white, which is crazy. But you know, what is this the past? <laughs> um, I don't know. Apparently, as long as they're not from Jupiter, everything's fine. Um, so, but like, isn't there something in here too where like everyone and it's some is this, I'm what is there like a Puerto Rican element of this too? Hmm. And you're thinking of the second movie, Havana. Oh, oh, okay. That would probably be Cuban, though. <laughs> Just as a thought. No, I thought that I thought that he worked with a bunch of people who were who are Puerto Rican, and that's like a thing. And he like dance, he like dirty dances with these Puerto Rican people, and they're like, oh, we don't know about that. But mm-hmm. I might be wrong. I don't, 
I don't remember that, but it could be part yeah. of it. And I always, I haven't seen it. A few I always years, thought it was weird fair. that they were like, they were like, it's classism, but we are only punishing the one white man <laughs> in this staff. <laughs> but no, but definitely the woman who gets an abortion is she's like blonde, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what is also very funny is I, of course, I love to read a, a trivia fact. Uh, apparently, all of those dance parties did get super dirty, <laughs> and they were all real drunk. So huh. that's fun. This is also um, who is baby? It's a Ferris Bueller's sister, Jennifer yeah. Gray. Jennifer Gray and Patrick Swayze hated each other, right? <laughs> yes. Fascinating. Apparently, they didn't. They hated each other in Red Dawn, and they kind of were okay with each other in this movie. Like, still not friends, but you know. Yeah. Fair. Whatever. Colleagues. They were okay with each mm. other at this point. I think it'd be really... Hard. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Swayze definitely yelled at her a lot, but, you know. Is this like a Gene Kelly kind of situation? <laughs> yeah, if you're a famous man who dances. No, he he just got frustrated with her, I think. Okay. I mean, like, geez, Swayze. Who who pooped oh, in your man, here's a f- Yeah, here's a fun fact. The closing song, I've Had a Time, The Time of My Life. I love that song. Uh, is listed as the third most popular song played at funerals in the UK. S- Stop it. What? Whoa. <laughs> I mean, like, really, on the bit on the nose, UK. There was <laughs> yeah. a there was a, a not insignificant period of time where, ev- where Andrew gave me um, a copy of it on a 45. <laughs> yeah. And every time we'd come home from a bar, we would start singing it as we walked home. And then we would put on the 45 and dance around <laughs> to it. So I have a lot of real fond memories oh, associated yeah. with that song, even though... Uh-huh. It's it's, yeah. it's a, it's a great song, song. It's and it's also like weird because like oh also isn't this taking place? This is not. It's made in the past, it's right? Like the sixties, yeah, yeah, sixty three, yeah. right? But it's that's why abortion wasn't. But of wasn't course, legal. it's taking place. But like it's very eighties, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also in sixty three, yes. and then that song. This is Andrew's thing, so he should be. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's very it's it's um. It's like removed from time in a sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like. <laughs> or their 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 musical power and the power of their the sensual power of their dance is just like breaks the barrier of time. It's all I can assume. Yeah, time travelers. Yeah. Well, and like yeah. all the other music in it is of that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, of which time period? The sixties, except or the 80s? for except eighties or sixties, mm-hmm. uh, except for she's like the wind. Can you imagine? <laughs> for sure. Can you imagine? <laughs> like okay, so can you imagine going on a trip? with your family and one of the activities is your mom like gets to grope a sexy <laughs> dance instructor while he teaches her how to dirty dance yeah I, <laughs> absolutely kind of like i have lived that like, you met my mom right? i have no i have not lived that life uh i the entire like jewish summer camp thing is is such a cool fun concept for me yeah uh, that I wish it still happened, but apparently it doesn't anymore. Uh, but I know that, like, family summer camps, definitely a thing. I mean, like, it's like going to a resort, I suppose. But that also feels yeah. weird to me. Like, when people go on cruises and they're like, we drop the kids off every day at the, at the teen club, and then we just did whatever we wanted. <laughs> the coolest spot in the ocean. Yeah. yeah. The idea, a teen club on a cruise ship must just be, like, just, like, hell. Well, like, it makes, like, it makes me, like, kind of, like, double over with secondhand embarrassment. Like, I'm like oh! It's gotta be terrible. And you know what the worst would be? Working at one of them. Oh, my God, Because yeah. you would have to, yes. you would have to be, like, trying to make it so cool and fun, <laughs> and, oh like, God. and just, like, and there's hey, cool teens. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's and really- all the teens are just like just like rolling their eyes at you. And you just want to be like, "This is my job, okay?" I am trying my goddamn best. Like, I would be doubled over in embarrassment, but I'm so 
stiff because of the secondhand uh, hair gel that I've been that has been brushed against my body for years that I can't bend over anymore. Right. I I leave this boat and I smell like Axe body yeah. spray. Yeah. I've never I used Axe body spray body before spray. in my life. I think when that I leave this boat. The only the only thing I'd like small amend. Yeah. They're not leaving that boat. <laughs> they don't get to leave the boat. <laughs> well, especially no now, oh God, now yeah. especially they're all trapped on boats. I think all the. The cruise liner people have gotten off boats. And now. never, never, I hope they so. never have to get They're back on They're probably getting back on boats to go on more cruises now. Well, that was a crazy <laughs> trip. Let's see what the next one Let's do it again. Roll the dice in the boat casino. Boom. They all got quarantined <sighs> on the boats and and countries wouldn't let them in. And it, it seemed like they started seg- segregating people by country. Oh my God. Crazy. And like, then just like leaving a ship off that country until they could go home. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible. <sighs> Well, and it's probably got to be kind of a mess because a lot of people, like, international crews are, like, Mm -hmm. the whole deal on. So so I could see it being a situation where it's like, well, some of the crew can go home. Some of them can't because of of the laws that they've put in place. Like, the borders are closed. It's got to be awful. (laughs) Um, Just terrible. Uh, Anything else you want to say about Dirty Dancing? Kelly, was Dirty Dancing an important movie in your youth? Slash your current adult life. Uh, in the middle, uh, it it definitely it was like my first. I think one of my first like teen mm. movies. Uh, that I but I definitely watched on da- on basic hmm. cable. Right. So for for you, uh, you were like, why did why did that obstacle? Why did her why did her pediatrician hurt her so bad? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't understand. What do they do with that? <laughs> Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like the the idea that it's definitely a back alley abortion d- went way over my head. Um, I feel like in Dirty Dancing, it's it is the most like explicit. It's as explicit as it can be while still pussyfooting around the issue. Like, yes. like very you, much so. You, yes, you know what's happening. Like, it definitely has a message. I think you were supposed to believe at the end of it that it's not right. That she had to risk her life to to terminate this pregnancy, but it's also like weirdly coy about exactly what's going on. Yes, yeah. Like if you were a kid and, and they were like, "Handy that her dad is a yeah. gynecologist." Like yeah. at no point they're like, "She had an unsafe abortion." Like it's not <laughs> yeah. that. Explicit. Look to the camera. Well, she didn't even die. I mean, like that. Ah, weak. Like, ah, <laughs> Penny. <laughs> Um, More like Cinny, am I right? Andrew's never seen it. Uh, I've seen. I feel like I've seen Dirty Dancing. I do feel like I watched it. Yeah, like on like a TNT kind of situation, and then I watched it at a friend's house, and I was like, oh. But like as an adult, like I'm pretty sure watching it on basic cable, I was like, what is this story? (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's like watching Grease as a child as opposed to as an adult, and you're like, oh dear God, why do we show this to children? (laughs) Grease is so. I mean, like at least Dirty Dancing has like some pretty like solid morality and being like, don't you think that Penny should be allowed to have comprehensive health care? Whereas Grease is just more like has a whole song that's like, tell me more, tell me more. So did he rape you? Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> you raped her for sure. Like oh that is God. like a whole song. Uh, so, yes. yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, I categorize this. This is a sort of like a one-off category, but it has like spiritual connection with another one. Um, I feel like this movie, to me, is most typified by the fact that there are single moments, and this one definitely is like a single moment, which is the final dance scene. 
um, and especially the big airlift, right? That people remember yes. from this movie, and that's all they remember <laughs> from this movie. And then it's all they want to do at their wedding, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then or funerals. But that, like, both both the action of it and the tone of it are so wildly divergent from the rest of the film <laughs> that I would suspect that they don't actually know what this movie is about, and they have blurred vision on it, or potentially they have a Swayze eye. <laughs> nice. This really, this really is the uh, born in the USA of movies. <laughs> in that regard, yes. <laughs> nice. Um, so I, I took a weird tack. I'm going to come out straight with this one and be like, let you know that what I did. I, I feel like I, I aspire to, to a certain degree of cleverness in my categories most of the time. Not this time. Not even close. I, um, I had a grand vision. That vision fell apart. But I picked up the pieces. And this is what I came up with, my category, because this is a story. This is I don't mean to gender things necessarily, but this is this is a story I think for for women. This is a story about sort of like the the dangers of of being a woman in the past and oh, the I present. That, you suppose they think that they're also like toys for girls and toys for boys. I don't, but I think um, this is a story about uh, this is a story of a girl's experience, of young girl, a baby's experience. A, a young a, girl, uh, young enough to be considered a baby, truly. Yeah, yeah, her experience in the summer, and it's her it's her story. So I went with um, her story. This little uh, a piece of a song. That's sort of about that and kind of adjacent to the idea of an 80s dancing movie. Here's my category. Think about that summer. And I bug because I miss it. <laughs> like the color purple, oh my macaroni and cheese, ruby red slippers, and a bunch of trees. <laughs> Call you up, but what's the use? I like Kevin Bacon, but I hate Footloose. That's a uh, segment of the song uh, Summer Girls. From band LFO. I've left it in there because what the hell? <laughs> just free association. Well, I was just saying, I was like, like I was yeah. like, maybe this thing I can funny can pull out of this. And I read the lyrics and You're I You're like, had nope, a, it's already funny enough. Yeah, yeah after, after I got over my aneurysm from trying do, to process I these words. I do agree with them that I like uh, Patrick Swayze, but I also hate Footloose. Oh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, yes, yeah, yeah. sorry. I, I'm mostly secretly stumping for my category yeah, like, oh, yeah, as yeah. you're talking about your category. <laughs> I do, yeah, I think Kevin Bacon's still Mary, like, you are obviously going to oh, yeah. win this entire thing. This is a moot point. We're no, just no, going no, through the motions. No, 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 no. I know what my category is. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you meant like the whole list. And I was like, what are you talking no. about? No. Oh, yes. Well, carry on. Maybe you're correct. Who will see? We'll <laughs> see. Uh, my category is simply good morning, campers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suspect that you... <laughs> <laughs> that voice was really good, though. Um, I suspect Thank that you. you will sweep the other ca- the other item that you have this as, but I would like to stump for Swayze. I think that's fair. Swayze eye. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, can yeah, yeah. yes, your Swayze eye. Right. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have do the right thing. Andrew, would you like to tell us? I would what absolutely love this to. Movie is about uh, do the right thing is a film made in 19, uh, released in nineteen eighty nine, directed by Spike Lee, and is in the National Register of Historic Films because it is a frankly a masterpiece. It is so. Is that the Good. Criterion Collection? I, I believe so. And um, it was nominated for two Oscars, but Oscars don't matter, so who cares? Um, also, it was for like, I mean, it was actually it was for story and also for supporting actor for Danny Aiello, I believe. Yeah. Um, so what is, what is, um, do the right but thing? But not Master Spike for Lee. No, not, no, not for, no. <laughs> um, so it basically, it takes place in the summer, like all these movies we're talking about today, but it's a particularly hot summer in the neighborhood of Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn. Um, this is... Can I yeah, interrupt you for one second? Just to tell you, 
that this is the one movie where you can actually feel the heat. Oh my god! Yeah, that's in. again one of the things that's so brilliant about it: the use of color and these, the way they frame things. It's it's just like it's it is a, a quintessential summer film. It's a quintessential summer film. Yes, that is painfully relevant in the summer. Yeah. Um, so it's in Bedstein uh, in Brooklyn during a, it's the palpably hot summer on the film. It focuses on uh, largely on the character. It's, it's it's an ensemble piece, but the central character is uh, Mookie, played by Spike Lee, who works for Sal, um, who owns Pizzeria. Mookie is delivery. Uh, delivery man for the pizzeria. Um, of note, on, on foot. foot. Yeah, well, it's 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 very clearly like a neighborhood <laughs> thing. Um, so the yeah. story itself is broadly about like these sort of denizens of Bed Stuy in this particular part of it um, on this how they're sort of reacting to the summer day, but also like the ways in which racial tensions in the neighborhood sort of swell up, uh, particularly due to the presence of Sal's pizzeria. So it's a very it's a it's incredibly like well made and very nuanced take on this topic. Because um, again, Sal is an Italian. is very, very much an Italian person. Uh, he has two sons, the youngest of whom name I don't know, but uh, this, the oldest is played by John Turturro, and his name's Pino, and he is a full-on racist. Though his favorite, all his favorite celebrities are black. It's a very interesting point. It's very well made. Um, uh, the other one's called Vito. Vito, Vito I was and about Pino. To say, it's got to be Vito or Tony. <laughs> yeah, 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 like those yeah. are the choices. <laughs> um, so the the simple point here is that like you know Sal is a fixture in this neighborhood, in a predominantly black neighborhood, but. Um, he is Italian and his family are racist towards black people. And this is obviously a source of some tension. Um, as this film progresses, the sort of the, the conflicts, they sort of largely, again, it's, it's sort of framed as being a result of the heat. But basically, you know, um, these tensions rise. Eventually, uh, some of the, the people in the neighborhood, uh, namely Buggin' Out, the character's name, who also was played by Giancarlo Esposito, um, which is crazy, like, known for sort of, sort of like, and Buggin' Out is a very important, very serious character, but he's sort of, like, intense and, uh, you know. But Giancarlo Esposito is such a severe, like, solemn actor and everything else I've seen him in. I didn't, like, didn't, I couldn't yeah, believe it at first. Yeah, the fact that he's, like, a comedic... Yeah. Like yeah. element foil yeah, potentially, yeah. and this is is that's that's a wild choice. It's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Good. It's like I think, really it's, I think it, it might be his it might be his yep. first. It's definitely an early role, obviously. Um, but so Sal has a wall of fame in his Italian restaurant full of Italian people, and bugging out says, "Hey, you're in a black neighborhood. Why don't you have any black people on your wall?" Fair point. Um, but so Sal. Uh, it creates a sort of great jump because Sal doesn't want to change his way. It's his it's his restaurant, and he doesn't want to you know change. But also, of note, Sal does feel like he is a part of this community. It's again like watch it. I, I can't just do justice by re- describing it, but like watch it. Um, so um, bugging out, and then another one of the other characters, the arguably the most significant character in the film, Rado Rahim, so well played. Um, by oh, was it Bill Nunn? I believe I'm yes. getting way too yeah. By Bill Nunn, who I believe passed in 2016. R.I.P. Rest in power. Um, probably most compelling character in the film. So Radio Rahim is a sort of big, very proud, very vocal black man who who uh, has a number of his sort of wears. Um, on his, he has, I guess, brass knuckles or really like four finger rings uh, that say love and hate, a reference to the film Night of the Hunter, also a masterpiece. Oh my gosh! Uh, such a reference, they explicitly use the quote from. Uh, Robert Mitchum's character in Night of the Hunter when he describes his love and hate tattoos, which is, I'm, I'm going to just like, I'm sorry, I'm like taking over this entire section just like waxing poetic about this movie because it's great. But, um, which is such a brilliant moment for so many reasons because, you know, obviously this movie is steeped in hip-hop culture. This is a fantastic example of the idea of like sampling. It's beautiful in that respect. It It's interesting that it gives a sense of like, it's sort of a flex to show that, like, I know film history by Spike Lee, but also it raises the question, like, you know, why, why, you know, Raider Hume clearly knows this movie. 
what about this evil character made him do this and it's strange. It's like, ah, it's so good. So good. Read articles about it. Watch the movie. I'm sorry. I'm just going to keep saying that over and over again. Anyway, so Radio Rahim bugging out and another neighborhood uh, can't picture Smiley, who's um, uh, sort of a intellectually challenged person who uh, sells hand-drawn pictures of uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Uh, they confront Sal and say, hey, you know, they they sort of bring kind of a fight. They 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 confront Sal, and Sal breaks Radar Rahim's boombox, which is another sort of central fixture of the character. He goes around with it all the time playing Fight the Power by Public His Enemy. Name is radio. Yeah, Ray Hint's radio. So um, Sal, in a fit of rage, smashes Radar Rahim's boombox. Fights break out. The cops come. The cops brutally murder Radio Rahim in front of everybody. It is hard, so hard to watch and such a powerful, dark scene in a movie. Um, and then, obviously, the neighborhood, the tension just rises. The neighborhood erupts into a near riot. Sal is obviously being threatened by everyone because, I mean, shit, like, duh. And then Mookie, in the sort of the sort of central moment of the film, as tensions flare, throws a garbage can into the into Sal's front window, destroying, breaking the restaurant. People destroy the restaurant, but Sal is okay. Question being there, did Mookie do the right thing? Yeah, hence, you know, da, da, da. Um, so that was a very titular long... line. Titular line. line. Um, it was an incredibly long-winded explanation, play-by-play of the movie. But I was very excited to get to talk about it, because it's great. Um, the movie sort of ends with a point of uh, semi-reconciliation uh, between Sal and Mookie. They come to terms. Also, Smiley places one of his photos on what remains of the Wall of Fame, which is a great moment. And then the movie ends with a quote from Martin Luther King and uh, from Malcolm X, and shows the two men shaking hands, which is, again, it's, the ambiguity is great. Ah, it's so good. Watch. Do the right thing. Um, well, having two very different opinions yeah. on violence. Well, two, two, two opinions. They've been two just two different opinions and two men who have been presented and embraced differently in the broader sort of like white culture. Yes. It's like, yeah, mwah. but you know what? White people put them both in coffins. So yeah, exactly. Um, um, so true. needless to say, like this is again, like I don't have anything fun to say, but funny to say with this, it's a great movie. It is actually a sort of a comedy drama. There's many funny elements to it. Just watch it. It's great. I mean, it's, I have something oh. funny to say. <laughs> Okay. Which is, you know, not and not in a Whoa. it's not a bad way. <laughs> I was like, I want to be a little bit racist for, for humor. Man. No, it's not uh, that. Bring the Irish perspective. <laughs> you know, when you watch something and you, you it, it's and it's good, yeah. like it is done well, but you can just feel the embarrassment that that actress had to go through. Yeah. When Rosie Perez was dancing in the beginning. Yeah. Every time, like you just have to be like, oh god. It must have been so awful to I will do say, that. Like, just dancing by yourself over and over and over it, sh- it is worth noting. I mean, the film itself is a masterpiece, but uh, the treatment of Rosie Perez was not ideal. Um, not great. And the number she was choosing a sex scene she was very uncomfortable with. Um, and generally speaking, like there, that is one critique of the film, that like the female uh, actors uh, were not given the full... We're not treated as blind people, basically, and the characters are sort of very too, relatively limited in their dimensions. So that's, I mean, again, we mm-hmm. take the good and we take the bad. This is a movie we're seeing, but we do need to be mindful of that. That like this is well, and also you know the the time period it was made. I mean, like I feel like yeah. we're we're very good about doing that about uh, movies that are racist, yeah, uh, towards people who aren't white, yeah. Um, I think that we also have to accept like. Probably, probably Spike Lee did not have amazing gender politics yeah, at this time in 1989. 1989 yeah. Yeah. yeah, probably yeah, yeah. didn't, and that <clears throat> that does not make it okay. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. we do have to we do have to approach this with a similar idea. Like if you had other movies at the time, they probably also were kind of yeah. like that too. So, so I've, I've one more one more fun fact. Not really fun. One more fact that is incredibly infuriating is that um, critics at the time, a lot of white critics at the time speculated that this movie shouldn't be shown because it would drive black audiences to, in a fury to riot. 
which Spike Lee is still pissed off about, understandably so. Um, Fair, yeah. His response was basically, I don't know the exact quote, basically, like, I, like can you imagine these people like don't think that black people are intelligent enough to watch a piece, a work of fiction? Oh, and not, Oh, you got it? Yeah, I yeah, got yeah. it up, Andrew. All right. Uh, so in, t- in 2014, he said, that's that... Uh, that still bugs the shit out of me. And he called the remarks outrageous, egregious, and I think racist. <laughs> yeah. And then he said, I don't remember people saying people were going to come out of theaters killing people after they watched an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's, the movie is very important. Well, and also, and should, yeah. oh, sorry. No, oh, please that's, go ahead. And, and like, you know, again, the, that reaction to it tells you everything you need to know about it and why you should see it immediately because it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, isn't it, isn't it so crazy that uh, <laughs> anytime, anytime you have people who are like, well, it's dangerous to show this because then black people might actually react to how yeah. bad their situation is. They can't you're, like, their, you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, do like, you hear yourself? Maybe like, you want to interrogate that statement. <laughs> like, well, what, if this is, if it's pointed out to them how bad it is, maybe they'll riot. You're like, yeah, maybe you, sh- maybe, maybe we they, should not worry about that. You should examine yeah, that. Maybe you should <laughs> not worry about that as much as fixing what is causing their situation to be so bad. Yeah. My <laughs> last specific observation about this one particular movie is the fact that like the decision at the end to destroy the restaurant to save Sal as a statement about, you know, again, like you can read that as a statement about the value of like property is property. It may have been like his life's work, but it was a thing that can be replaced and changed. But he is still so, alive. It's worth destroying property. Spike Lee. <laughs> Spike Lee says that's not the that that's not how I he imagined it, yeah. it. But he he accepts that that th- is how people. Yeah, I think at this point, like that's I mean, uh, that's a read that that has become much more relevant. I can appreciate that maybe not because yes. then the intention is clearly to be sort of morally ambiguous. Like, does he do the right thing? Yes. Simple observation. But like, I think it makes a very valid point. And well, yeah. especially especially today. Yeah. And this has right been now. Do yeah. the Right Thing, Cultural Quarter from Categorical Oracle. Oh, uh, uh, 31 years yeah. later, still incredibly relevant, unfortunately. Which is a uh, segue Great. into my category, Rocket's Dread Glare. Because this oh, is something that yeah. you really hoped wouldn't be relevant. Would have been an interesting sort of historical view, but goddamn. Potentially you're taking a trip down the Erie Canal. Yeah. <laughs> That's my category. <laughs> yeah. uh, I need to first put a disclaimer on my on my oh. category. This is specifically uh, meant for uh, Pino. <laughs> this is not about any Pino, other person. The, uh, in the this racist movie. son. The racist. Yeah. Uh, my category is pain, which you can see for free. Men being dumb. <laughs> if I want to see men being dumb, I'll look out my window. I don't need to go pay to see. <laughs> I think given the current situation in the world and also, and the, I guess, like sustained situation in the world is like the better way of putting yeah. it. History. History. <laughs> uh, history. Not yeah. history. Yeah. But sometimes history. Mm. Um, and the uh, prevalence of fireworks this uh, <laughs> summer, I think we have to give it to you, Andrew. I appreciate that. Yeah. Rocket yes. Sprinkler. Um, and, then, and then ladies complaining about fireworks. My dog! Oh, God. Next up, we have uh, Independence Day. Now for something sort of <laughs> completely different. Completely different. <laughs> sort of. Uh, Independence Day is about, is about um, aliens invading the Earth over the 4th of July holiday weekend. Uh, they are armed with superior technology. But luckily, mankind has Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, and 1950s shady government cover-ups on our side. <laughs> also, apparently, Bill Pullman's president, Thomas J. Whitmore, is a Republican? Did, did you confirm that? Oh, yeah. Or is this just Well, well yeah. I mean, like, no one knows. Yeah. I don't think it's, like, canon. But, I mean, like, uh, 
yeah. Like, I, do we think that Will Smith's exotic dancer's <laughs> wife in the movie is voting for a Republican? It was the '90s. I guarantee they did not That's... even consider the possibility of going off of any sort of like established expectation of any race. Like, like, yeah, yeah. I just I feel like well, she's also like. I mean, right? I mean, yeah. you can make a really good good living being an exact dancer, no question. But you're a working person. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, she's yeah. not a one percenter. Come on. No, no. Um, yeah. She wants to keep that tip money for herself. It also kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense. The only thing that doesn't make sense about it is that Bill Pullman is so young in this movie. But he's like, I mean, this movie is like very red-blooded, like this is, militaristic. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, he's also like, oh, a war, yeah. I mean, you can be a war hero and a Democrat, obviously. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I've speculated that he is indeed. I mean, the movie itself is like in the same vein as a classic sort of like 80s, like um, – Fuck communism, America, Reagan's America, kind of movies. It's, you know, it's very, it's very, it's very conservative. It, it postulates. A, I mean, it's, 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 it is, but also presents itself in a way that could be ambiguous. It's, you know, it's the idea of like, we all come together against this outside threat, but at the same time, like, this is an outside force invading America on the Fourth of July, and we call, you know, like. It also suggests yeah. that the entire world will celebrate Independence Day, which suggests the, yeah, yeah, yeah. that America is going to liberate the world <laughs> from these aliens. I mean, like, because one, this is the opposite of the Erie Canal. I'm like, I don't. I'm like, I don't know these people. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What? Um, um, the the the, uh, the president's not hiding in a bunker. What? Yeah. <laughs> also, like, I mean, obviously, maybe he like, should have put his daughter in a bunker. Though, <laughs> wild idea. Thoughts. His daughter, Mae Whitman. AKA I mean, don't you remember Egg. a few a few months ago that uh, Donald Trump stole some of the Independence Day speech? Oh, I did not I did know not that. That's that. ridiculous. Oh, That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm not shocked in the slightest, but like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, um, oh. I, I'm kind of well. Anyway. Oh no! I remember what it is. It's they he he put his body his face on top of Bill Pullman's body. <laughs> very That's very awesome. occasionally, Trump does something so ridiculous that I'm like, if he wasn't the president, I would like that. Like that's something that like well, I I want to live in the world where our president's like Happy Fourth of July and like putting himself on Bill yeah, Pullman's yeah. body and <laughs> that's. I think Unfortunately, it, he's a goddamn monster. So I would say, like, generally speaking, apparently uh, yeah. something ridiculous that doesn't hurt millions of people. <laughs> right. Anyway. Trump's terrible. Yeah. Controversial <laughs> opinion. <laughs> yeah, controversial opinion. Yeah. Uh, Vote Joe Biden. 2020. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. But, Begrudgingly, but... You know. Sometimes you have to... Sometimes you have to vote for your best yeah. choice. Yeah. Uh, it's like the SAT. It's not pick the right choice. It's, it's pick the best answer. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, that's amazing! Uh, yep. Yes, that's what it is. Um, so, I so I, we watch Independence Day every Fourth of July. Usually, for the Fourth of July, we have a party, and so I don't usually get to see a lot of Independence Day because it's kind of like everyone goes upstairs and then like <laughs> I futz around or like someone in the kitchen that I'm talking to. And I, dear listeners, they put this movie oh, on yeah. loop. Yeah. And whenever you're hot, you just go and watch whatever part of the movie is on and sit in the air conditioning mm-hmm. for a little bit yeah. and then go back yeah. to the party. So I usually don't see all of Independence Day on 4th of July. This is one of the f- – and this 4th of July, obviously, we didn't have a party because of social distancing and I don't want to murder all of my friends with COVID. Appreciate yep. it. And so I did watch all of Independence Day for the first time, also pretty much stone sober. <laughs> and I was like, man, this movie's way different than I thought it was. <laughs> um, but Jeff Goldblum has never looked better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Earth goes are easy. When you're not drinking half of a 
half of a blue mar- a pitcher blue of blue margaritas. Right. Yeah. Or a- Arizona pitcher of blue margaritas. <laughs> That's right. Um, I think Jeff Goldblum, I think it's like a coin flip. He looks really good in this movie, and he looks really good in Earth Girls Are Easy. He just looks good in general. His hair is better in Earth Girls Are Easy. Maybe? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. But his pecs are bigger in Independence Day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe he yeah. had a chest piece. I don't know. I think that's I all think gold. I think it's all real. Yeah. I think it's solid gold. Um, <laughs> but I think that you, what, what this movie, I think it would be not unreasonable, but I think it wouldn't fully articulate this movie. To just dismiss it as like a testosterone fest. Mm -hmm. You could definitely do that. You could definitely do it. You wouldn't be blamed for it. But what this movie delivers is a lot of different man eye candy over the course of it. (laughs) So like like, if you want want like a more conservative Bobby Kennedy clean cut, you got Pullman. If you want if you want kind of like bad boy with a heart of gold, you got Will Smith. Always. Always. <laughs> which is like, I guess his character always. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you want a man who is digging through the trash, finding recyclables and recycling them, you have Jeff Goldblum. And that is the man I want, which means that I am proudly identifying myself as one of the Goldblum girls. <laughs> and that is my cat. Yeah. 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 I also fixated on a single specific character. This one, uh, Randy Quaid, um, who... Saves the day, and you know, if you recall in the movie, uh, he saves the day by crashing the jet that he's been given to fight in, um, despite being hammered into the bottom of the alien spaceship, which is how the mo- how they in the movie. To be fair, he might not know how to fly a plane when he's not hammered. It's true. He's, we yeah. never see him fly a plane no. when he's not no, very no, no, no. drunk, so it might be more dangerous for him to be sober. Yeah. I do love something I discovered after we watched this, because Mary postulated this theory that, like, what if he... So he was a crop duster prior to this, and that's why he was able... He was a military pilot, came back, became a crop duster, an alcoholic, in the end was recruited in the last minute <laughs> ditch to fly a modern jet and fight aliens. Mary was like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, he flied his crop dusting plane to fight with. And I was like, that would be crazy. Turns out that was the original ending. Uh, and there's footage yeah. you can watch of this, uh, Randy Quaid. And it actually makes all of the dialogue in the movie make a lot more sense. It was kind of a last minute change. They because were like, they this shot is it and then they watched it and they crazy. were like, this is buffoonish. Yeah, yeah. It is not a sweet moment. It is <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I think Randy Quaid, I think we have to give props to him for being the hero in this character. This strange, alcoholic, uh, crop dusting alien ship crashing not hero. Not terribly sexy, though, and there's lots of sexy men. I mean, look, yeah, somebody's cup of tea. <laughs> That's true. There's pot, yeah. There's a lid for every pot. Exactly. Right. So I just simply went with, because, you know, I was also thinking, you know, it's summertime, you know, as you're younger, you, you, it might be the first time you're out there getting a job and working. Relevant to this movie, but I just, it led to my category, work hard, get quaid. <laughs> Oh no! It's very good. It's very good. I don't know. It's good, but it's very it's good. I think it's good. <laughs> there are many like it, but this one is mine. Uh, Kelly, what's your category? Uh, this is the twin. This is a tale of two leaders. You got one leader who's open in the beach, and you got one leader who's getting into a fucking fighter jet. Right. Tale of two leaders. Fair. Oh, I, I'm. I mean, it's gotta it's, be it's Kelly. No, oh, really? I was gonna say you. No, really? 
It's got to yeah, sure? be Andrew. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'll take it. But I do think, uh, Kelly, i got to give you props uh, for your long game. I think Thanks. that we should put that up parenthetical my... behind both of the other categories. Fair. Because without <laughs> without the other, it's not as mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. So we need them both. So I think that it should be. It needs a, it needs yeah. a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I get you, I get so you. I think we should. But I think we should honor that yeah. in this. But in the meantime, we should work hard and get Quaid. In the meantime, we should work hard and get Quaid. <laughs> uh, Speaking of yeah. getting Quaid. <laughs> Weekend of Bernie's. Andrew, what is this movie about? Oh, boy. So, first, I, disclaimer, no. I've never seen Weekend of Bernie's um, in its entirety. What? I've seen parts of it. Oh, oh, yeah. No, like, I don't sort of, think anyone's seen the whole No, no, movie. it's, it's again, I've seen it on loop on TBS and, like, caught it a few minutes here and there. Yeah. But I will, I'm happy to describe it because, wow, what a, what a joy that's going to be for me. Um, so, we got two guys, Larry and Richard. They work at a an insurance company in some sort of low-level financial capacity, right? I'm assuming, like, actuaries or something. I don't know. Probably um, underwriters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They happened to discover a series of payments were made out to somebody for the same death. So someone died and got paid twice or something like that. Well, double dipping. Double dipping. Double dying. Um, and they bring this to the attention of the CEO, the titular Bernie, which is not how business works, by the way. I don't think anybody would ever like, like excuse me, I'm going to go march right up to the main office and whatever. It was the 80s. They were probably coked out of their minds. Um, they didn't so, have Slack. They didn't have Slack, exactly. They didn't have Slack. They had to walk uh, somewhere. Yeah. Um, That's why people were skinny back then. <laughs> God that damn it, cocaine. Slack. And the absence of cocaine. Also snack well cakes. Yeah, true. And, wait, <laughs> mm, yeah. I don't have a joke for that, sorry. Anyway, so, um, they, so they bring this, this uh, fraud, this straight-up fraud, to the, the attention of CEO Bernie Lomax. Bernie, being apparently a nice guy, invites both of them to his beach house in the Hamptons for the weekend as a, as a prize for uncovering fraud. Twist, Bernie's not a nice guy. He is the fraudster, and he's in cahoots with the mob. So Bernie, Bernie Lomax cahoots with the mob, goes to his mobster buddy, Vito, and says, hey, can you kill my two employees? Because <laughs> they found out about my fraud. They know that I frauded. They know that I did a fraud. I frauded bad. <laughs> but uh, Vito is like, yeah, sure, I'll kill him. But actually, Vito has a different plan. Because uh, because uh, Bernie was uncovered so easily, and also because Bernie's trying to get, has been indeed getting with Vito's girlfriend, um, Vito decides to kill him. So Bernie arrives at the, uh, the mansion, not the mansion, the beach house, uh, preparing to sort of stage the scene so it looks like his two employees were, uh, were, were killed doing something fraud related uh, and can then in the blame, line of in, in the line of frauding <laughs> indeed indeed um, but guess what Bernie gets murdered instead with heroin the hitman uses heroin to kill Bernie which damn a, I mean it probably didn't work yeah. well with all the co- cocaine in his system his heart just exploded um but during this process, at some point in this process, uh, Bernie uh, gets recorded on the phone uh, explaining the plan to kill Larry and Richard. That comes up later. It's very important. So Larry and Richard arrive at the house and find Bernie's dead body on a couch. Uh, and they are not thrilled, I imagine, having never seen the movie. But, you know. but then, turns out Bernie has a party this place every weekend and a bunch of guests show up. Oh, no, but none not of them. Not just a guess. Ladies in bikinis. Ladies. Ladies. Sexy ladies. (laughs) Uh, And no one notices that Bernie's dead. He's just this weird corpse on the couch, trilling. 
Which is, again, it's commentary on consumerism. <laughs> Probably. To be fair, they do kind of go out of their way to make sure no one knows that he's dead. Oh, that is indeed the central plot of the movie. Yeah. Um, but this, this, this moment is the point at which they realize that they can indeed make people think that he is not dead. And they do this so that they don't, they don't get busted for murder and also so they can continue to enjoy hanging out at the beach house. With ladies. Ladies. Um, so then at this point, uh, the best that I can understand, hijinks do ensue. Uh, the one that I recall seeing on the portion of the movie that I saw on TBS that was indeed mentioned in what I read in the summary that I read um, is that Tina, Vito's girlfriend, arrives and actively has sex with Bernie's corpse at no point <laughs> coming to the realization that the man is dead. <laughs> Is Andrew McCarthy um, control- Andrew McCarthy is one of the- controlling uh, him at that point? No, I like- believe he is like alone. Because yeah, he isn't. You know, it's only they're not th- puppet mastering him. At that the, happens the next no, day. There's no Svengali. No, no, the next nonsense day, happening. Um, I kind of remember this too. Yeah. I have also seen parts of this movie. Yeah, where she's, where like that's part of the reason that no one thinks he's dead. Yeah, is that she slept with him? Yeah. And indeed, like that, the mafia, the mafia guy sees them hooking up, and it's like, I guess you didn't do a good job killing Bernie with heroin. So we got to send some more mobsters to this wicked beach party that's yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Hence hijinks. Indeed. So, so the next day after the the uh, necrophilia happens in the movie, the casual comedic necrophilia happens. Um, Larry decides to commit further nightmarish actions by just manipulating Bernie's corpse like he's a puppet. He's like, yeah, which I'm one's Larry? Um, the one that's not Richard. <laughs> I can't remember who acted. <laughs> is it Andrew McCarthy? That's I, all I uh, care about. Oh. I can, yeah. I'll look. Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, so Larry, Andrew McCarthy, um, puppet masters, literally, Bernie's corpse. And then, I'll say it again, hijinks ensue. Uh, Larry and Richard do discover the recording of the plan to kill them and think the mafia is out, still out to get them, which, I mean, I would, if I was the mafia, I would be. I mean, shit, <laughs> Jesus Christ, loose ends, right? I mean, um, if only be- from, like, kind of- kind of like a medieval sense of like honor they're like you desecrated a corpse yeah you, you guys should die you guys should die yeah <laughs> oh god um and so the mob tries does try to kill bernie again which fails miserably because he's already dead <laughs> uh and they also try to kill larry richard but i believe uh larry i believe bonks the hitman over the head with a phone and uh they escape and the guy gets arrested and this movie ends with, with bernie's corpse falling off of something landing in sand and a child burying it in sand Ta-da. Also, there's a fucking sequel to this movie somehow that sounds so racist. So, oh, no. <laughs> it's about a voodoo queen who reanimates Bernie's corpse to find the stolen money. Wow. But his corpse can only move when he hears music. Well, so eventually, eventually um, Larry and Richard <laughs> put a Walkman on his corpse to get him to move because <laughs> so he, he's walking. That is the most cause he, uh, Yeah, because he also like walks towards the treasure. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. it. I I was like, I read the synopsis, like, how did they make it? First off, how did they make this movie? Great question. No idea. Uh, Second off, how did they make a sequel? (laughs) Casual racism. Weekend of Bernie's. That was a wildly comprehensive. Thank you. I'm thorough, if nothing else. Description. About a movie I've never seen all the way through. So what we we do know about Weekend of Bernie's is how it would end in these times (laughs) is that Larry and Richard would be dead because nobody has a home phone to bash someone over the head (laughs) with. True, true. Unless that becomes the next, the next uh, COVID trend. It's like oh, just man. get a landline. <laughs> You're always home, home, so you could chat. You're always oh, home, <laughs> and now you and now you actually talk on the phone again. You know what that means? My mom would actually call me. 
as opposed to now, where she's like, well, I don't want to disturb you. Call your cell phone wherever oh you are. God. You're like, Mom, I'm <laughs> always home now. I'm, uh, I'm just 100% of the time at home. home. Or at, at my sister's babysitting <laughs> her babies. These are the choices, Mom. This movie, I, I mean, like, I don't, there's nothing to say. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, uh, I was very thorough. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Uh, I just feel like, I feel like I know how it got made because it was made, it's made in the 80s. We've right? already said it. <laughs> yep. And it was made by men of a certain age. <laughs> oh, Kelly, you sound like you are going through something on the other line here. It made... It made $30 million on a $15 million budget. First of all, somebody gave them $15 million. <laughs> I mean, Andrew McCarthy's not cheap. He was yeah. the height of his Brat Pack power. Mm-hmm. And Weekend at Bernie's 2, uh, they had a $7 million budget, <laughs> and they made $12.7 million. <laughs> also, believe it is a 10% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, this is, like, a very special type of masculine aggression yeah. that is like boring out like not only is this movie like wildly misogynistic but it's also like hateful about like bodies and just yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's just like it's like the most like rapey movie I can think of it's just so <laughs> so offensive it's just like oh these big sacks of meat like it's just yeah. and it's a comedy question mark um, so I called this an Al Bundy's fever dream that's how this movie is that's what this movie is <laughs> Yeah, when Al when Al Bundy has the flute, this is what he dreams. <laughs> Do you think if they made this movie now, it would be with Bernie Madoff? <laughs> I mean, I, if Kelly, Oliver Stone get options, it then yes. Kelly, I'm yes. sorry to tell you, I think this is one they might not revisit. <laughs> it's possible. I am not sure about that at all. <laughs> I'm not sure about that yeah, at all. Yeah, true. Um, I for one can't wait till Disney reboots it and puts it on Disney <laughs> there you Plus. Go. Uh, I obviously called this paying what you, <laughs> paying for what you could see for free. Men being dumb. <laughs> yeah, fair. Can look right out the window and see some people carrying a dead body if down the Disney street. If Disney did it, it would be that <laughs> Bernie's just sleeping. He's like, Daddy's sleeping. <laughs> um, so because this is a this is a movie built on a, a very convoluted and overly complicated scheme set in the summertime, uh, and it follows a, a narrative path sort of that whips and whines, much like a, let's say, like a water slide might. I don't know. Uh, I went with the category inflatable tube Goldberg machine. <laughs> God, <yeah. laughs> Thank you. That's Thank it. You. That's Thank it. Thank you. Andrew, that's Thank it. You. Thank you. All right. Let's have a, let's, let's take a, let's take a deep palate cleanser. <laughs> let's, take, let's take the leftist left turn. <laughs> with, uh, with the parent trap, and I would like to specify that this is the 1961 version mm. of the movie. Which Sorry, I feel Lindsay. is, which I just feel is more summary mm-hmm. in general than the remake. The remake yeah. is very good. It's very good. There's nothing wrong at all with the remake. But I feel like for a summer list, we have to go with the original. They lean into the summer camp thing very hard, and there's just nothing more summary than Mitch's house. <laughs> oh my god. It's California yeah. house, yeah. Which apparently was just a bunch of sets. Yeah. And people keep writing to Disney asking for, for blueprints to this And he's house. like, doesn't exist, man. It's like, the blueprint of the house is get an airplane hanger and then build a bunch of sets <laughs> it. Use a lot of terracotta. <laughs> also, also, I'm Walt Disney. Are you a black person or a Jewish person? If so, I am very against you. Also, co- hate commies, too. <laughs> commies ruined everything. Commies are actually the worst. 
Uh, they ruined my movie, Song of the South. Not because it was bad or racist. That's a true story, by the way. That's yeah. a, he thought that at least. But hired a commie. It's a whole thing. Check it out. Uh, you must remember this. It's a great podcast. It's great. And that, that story is particularly great. Yeah. Do you know why it's called Splash yeah. Mountain? Why? Because the year it came out, Splash came out and they wanted to promote the, wait, the movie. Wait, the movie with Daryl Hannah? That's hilarious wow. and yeah. weird. I d- sometimes sometimes yes. you're just like, oh, Disney, you're just a bunch of buffoons. <laughs> like, you do truly stupid things for no reason. Okay, guys, we got we got this intellectual property just sitting on the shelf. Which one is it? Song of the South? What the hell? Why? Why would you want... What What could we possibly do with that? Okay, what? hear me out. Hear me out. Ah, hear me out. Okay. So we got this movie, Splash, <laughs> Splash Mountain, but put Song of the South cartoons in it. Ah! Well, Andrew, if you're going <laughs> to fly down in a log flume, y- you need to be doing it into a briar patch. They're, I think that goes without saying. Their yeah. hands were tied. Um, yes. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Disney. Yikes. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry to distract yeah. once again. I don't know. Palette <laughs> cleanser. Teenage twin sisters who are separated at birth meet at summer camp and decide to swap places in the hopes that it'll trick their divorced parents into getting back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this movie. <laughs> I'm going to make a bunch of bold statements, and I said what, and I'm, at the end of it, it'll be that I said what I said. This movie posts the best Disney star, Haley Mills, twice mm. in, du- in double vision. <laughs> The best mid-century mar- architecture, which is Mitch Mitch's sweet California ranch, mm. and the and the best B plot character names Verbena and Hecky of any movie that has ever existed in the world. And for that alone, it should be it should be praised and enjoyed. It's true. Also, like the best opening sequence, <sighs> so good. That classic Those weird like, puppet oh, things. Yes, the angels. Whatever it is, yeah. Oh, no, no, I see, I think this is after you... with togetherness. I'm thinking of the trouble with angels. Different Haley Mills movie. It was also oh, great. That also uh, looks great. Yeah. That's animation. Yeah, yeah. After you watch Do the Right Thing, <laughs> pull up uh, the Parent Trap, 1961. Uh, on, on Disney Plus. On Disney Plus, there it's you go. a fabulous movie. I love it. It's it it stands up yeah, it's so well. Yes. I've seen it so many like numerous times in the last like five years, and it's a pleasure each it's time. It's probably in my top five movies. Yeah. If I like really like search myself, it's been important to, I've loved it my whole life. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is another movie where like, this is one of the first movies that deals with divorced parents. Mm-hmm. I do not have divorced parents, but like, yep. you know, that was like a very thing in the nineties too. So I think it was like kind of, it's also sort of like weirdly out of time, but I definitely, I definitely, <laughs> That's why. That's why this this could only happen in the '60s, where they're just like, yeah, just each treat each treat yeah. a kid. They don't need to know about <laughs> yeah. each other. That judge was like, you got two. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, look, I I've spent my whole life trying to be uh, what was his name, King uh, Solomon. King Solomon. Yeah. This seems like the easiest solution, and much less bloody than the original <laughs> one. So I think you can all say you're welcome and get on with your lives. East coast, west coast, get the hell out of my court. <laughs> it also has like wonderful. Um, Except they're both like disgustingly wealthy. Uh, <laughs> Prince and the Popper vibes, like that, that that you could that you could stumble across across somebody who looks exactly like you, and then step into their life for a while. Like, who doesn't want to do that? It's a it's an interesting it's an interesting and it has premise and has fascinated people for a long time, and it gives it a little fresh twist because it's not just that they look exactly like it's that they were twinkins. Come mm-hmm. on, makes sense. Yeah, um, I do like that Haley. Or- that they look super alike, but are different people. <laughs> also that. Who also that. Sharon and Susan. Um, I also like that apparently Haley Mills was like, I I had the most awful time remembering who I was playing. 
the wig was the only thing that saved me. But then, of course, like they both get the same haircut, uh-huh. and she was just like that. I that I was like, all bets were off. <laughs> I have no, I have no idea. Uh, this is a pretty solid Haley Mills, Mills impersonation. Thank too. you, yeah. thank you. Yeah. She has that weird voice that's like definitely not a European accent, but definitely, definitely not not a European accent. Yeah, a Boston <laughs> transatlantic yeah. accent. Right. Uh, yeah. Boston, California accent. She uh, saying. She sang a duet yeah. with herself, which is pretty fun. It's also a fucking jam. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Did you have a, do you have a favorite twin? Which one do you like? Are you more of a Sharon or more of a Susan? It's a... Whichever one had short hair, obviously. Oh, you're a Susan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 sh- I liked the short hair. Still there. Fair. Fair. I also had short hair as a kid, so I also identified with it. I was, I've always been more of a Sharon. Which one's which? Sharon is the one that goes with the mom, and Susan's the one that goes with the dad. Mm, I'm probably Susan, but I have a deep respect for Sharon. Yeah, Sharon was more. <laughs> Sharon was more of the like, uh, like Susan's more zany, and Sharon is more schemy. I would mm, say. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Plus, uh, <laughs> plus, <laughs> well, I mean, like, you have to be. You don't have to be brilliant to put a bunch of chocolate sauce on someone's head while they sleep. <laughs> You do you do have to be brilliant and also a little bit sadistic to cut the to to meticulously cut the back of your of your, someone's dress off at a dance so that they can publicly humiliate themselves. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And then they combined those talents <laughs> to put some honey on the bottom of somebody's feet so a bear would lick oh, them. Man. Oh man, Vicky is like one of the best villains of all time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the woman who plays her in the '90s version. It's like still like leans into the Vicky. Yeah. Also, wasn't her Tricky mother in the nineties version? Sixties Vicky. Yes. Yes. M- multi generational yeah. kind of, I guess, yeah. but it's the same person. What I will say for this movie is that I loved it as a child. It sounds like you yes. did too, Mary and Andrew. I don't know. If I think it was when I was like a teenager, um, and many times because I, I'm married to Mary, yeah, and it's Mary. a f- yeah. fantastic film. Like loved it when I was a kid. Love it as an adult. Like it's one of those movies which I I don't think there's not a lot of them. or. That you're like, oh, I love this. And kind of for the same reason, honestly. Yeah, I would say that that's true. It's not like a thing where you watch it and you're like, oh, I'm an adult now, so I get like it on a different level. No, you like it for the same reasons. It's it's like, it's total, yes. it's a weird amount of wish fulfillment, I think, for plucky ladies. Hmm. Like the idea that you yes. could have a twi- a secret twin who is like, who's like your, it's, you know, who's your opposite, but also your simpatico with, and you can like kind of team up against the world is very, um, also the idea that kids have any control over their parents. Like what a dream. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very it's true. It's pure wish fulfillment. And, and getting to go to a summer sleepaway camp for the entire oh, summer, man. which sounds great, but <laughs> God, it must've been so expensive. Oh, yeah. Money meant nothing to those people. <laughs> oh, they're all so rich. This also is one of their, there was like kind of a trio. There's a, like a bunch of movies with like subtle barbs towards Boston. And this is definitely one of them. Because <laughs> Sharon's life in Boston is so much less cool than just Susan's life on, in California. Doesn't the father, someone would say, you're just so uh, Boston. Boston. He's like, calls her like a bot, like a Boston uh, matron. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mistake. Also, that great scene where the grandpa's like, you know, you're going to see your ex-husband. Why don't you be kind of sexy? <laughs> 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 to which I say, he's not wrong. Yeah. He, it was, that was a good yeah. call. Yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> That's a good, good excellent advice. advice. Over there smelling like peppermint and tobacco. Yeah. Giving oh. hot advice to his daughter. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. 
Totally. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Um, what do we have for categories? Given the scheming nature of this, from beginning to end with the separation of the children into their reconciliation, I gave this an inflatable tube Goldberg. Ooh, that's really good. <clears throat> Thank you. That's really good. I, I This category is very basic, but I feel like it is part of the reason it's so important to me and so important to so many young women the world over. It's cool that it's a story that's about sisters before misters. Mm, it's true. a very it's a very <laughs> sister focused and, and feminine feminine focused film. Kelly. Uh I obviously called this Good Morning Campers. <laughs> morning. Good yeah, morning, yeah. campers. <laughs> I mean this is a this isn't a this is total wish fulfillment of what camp could be like. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is what you want camp to be instead of what it actually is, which is like the tiniest bit yeah. miserable. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I like love camp, but yeah, I know, and, it is, and that's part of it, the misery is part of it. But like, but just, yes, but like just everything I, camp, about it is so yeah. such a. I mean, even even having like a boys camp, like the idea oh, of yeah. being able to go to a to a girls camp, but then having a boys camp that across you can like the river, that you yeah. like interface yeah. with. Yeah, just everything about it. I I, I like Good Morning Campers for this. Yeah, I I, I agree. Thank it's one of my fa- please give me it's one, one of my very favorite <laughs> camp movies of all time classic <sighs> I when you came up with this list I was like a tiny bit upset that you didn't put heavyweights on it but I understand <laughs> oh I did think about uh, yeah mm. I thought about heavyweights I think I was like well Parent Trap is our camp movie you know all right whiplash again <laughs> <laughs> National <laughs> Lampoons I could have sworn it was family vacation but National Lampoons I also thought it was family vacation vacation yeah. I think I think you call it family like vacation it's like yeah, it's like yeah. colloquial name well because all the sequels have other contextual elements to the vacation yeah. correct be it Christmas or European correct or um, Vegas European Vacation is a movie that is so gross I cannot watch it yeah and it's only because the actress that plays the daughter in it is just is, has gives such a gruesome performance. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't. It's not, it's not, it's not her fault. But it's just so gruesome. I cannot wrap my mind around it. Mm. Anyway, National Lampoon's Vacation is about this: the Griswold family is headed on an epic cross-country trip from the Chicago burbs to wa- the Wally World theme park in California. Along the way, they hit a few snags that threaten their mental and physical safety. <laughs> Usually because the patriarch, Clark, played by Chevy Chase, is a classist, horny madman. <laughs> That's what this movie's about. That <laughs> uh, <laughs> sums it up. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's a movie where a bunch of attractive women want to have sex with Chevy Chase for some reason. For a, Yeah, for an extended... For reasons that are yeah, unexplained. It's almost like pursuing him... To, like aggressive, like, like right. I would be a little bit afraid if I was to Chevy the Chase. level that you're like, dude, like, do you need do you need help? Like he must know that he wasn't like <laughs> that appealing. I don't necessarily mean he attractive. does not. Like, I <laughs> pro- <laughs> Chevy Chase has no idea how unappealing he is. Chevy Chase still None. thinks that everybody on the planet wants to <laughs> no, have sex with him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he is like kind of a weirdly handsome person, but he's like just so clearly a monster. Yeah. Like yeah. just so clearly a monster, and that's and and especially yes. in this role, like Clark Griswold <laughs> is not attractive. Yeah. Um, this is a weird movie. I feel like this is the kind of movie that you assume is something you could watch with your whole family. <laughs> yeah. But involves th- 
because it was played just constantly on a mm-hmm. loop on a comedy Yeah, song. and it's kind con- I mean, like, and it's about, like, family themes and stuff. But, like, there's a lot of really dark stuff in this movie. A woman dies in the backseat of a car and kind of, like, no one cares about her enough to do anything except dump her on a porch. In they, the rain. In the rain. They dr- On her son's porch in the rain. Like, yeah. a fucking psychopath. Yeah. They drag yeah. a dog to death in this yeah. movie behind a, a car. A movie made in America. They kill a dog. Crazy. Yeah. Um, there's like numerous scenes where basically the the uh, upshot is, ha ha, poor people are uncomfortable to be around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's just, and, and he is so unpleasant in this. Usually I, I kind of like a character that is like seeking something grand mm-hmm. and has like kind of like this like unrealistic ideal vision of what it's going to be. I relate to that. I get it. But the way he goes about it is so unpleasant and like to the detriment of his love of like his loved ones that mm-hmm. I just I can't get on board with it. Yeah. Any other thoughts about National Lampoon's Vacation? I actually do enjoy Christmas Vacation as a movie. Christmas Vacation is better. It's, it's it's weirdly wholesome, but it has mm-hmm. that dark edge to it. But yeah. also, people still think that everyone wants to have sex with Chevy Chase for some reason. I don't know. Uh, Beverly, <clears throat> what's her name? D'Angelo. Beverly D'Angelo is the the hero and must have just had like such hell on that side. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. She's in all of them, right? Yeah. I think literally every single one of them. She and Chevy Chase are the only ones. And, uh, and of course, um, cousin Eddie played by guess who? Randy Quaid. I think you can get Randy Quaid. I mean, (laughs) I think you can also guess what my category is going to (laughs) be. Yeah. I have a feeling. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so this is, this is what I wrote. The Al Bundy's fever dream. Uh, because I just feel like it's just like the, the, this myopic, (laughs) nasty, misogynistic, bigoted man, like going through life. And like, this is like what he would imagine family vacation be pursued by a hot woman in a Ferrari. (laughs) constantly flirting with him. He kind of hates his whole family, but is, like, putting them through something terrible. Yeah. Al Bundy's favorite dream. Fair. To be fair, she... Chrissy Brinkley did marry Billy Joel, so... <laughs> <laughs> She's got a type. Maybe it's about that. <laughs> um, I will say... Uh. I will say, comparing... Uh, Comparing Chevy Chase physically <laughs> to Billy Joel is is really doing Chevy Chase dirty. <laughs> At least Chevy Chase is dull. Yeah. yeah. Uh, guys, work hard, get quaid. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, this is obviously paying for what you can see for free. Men being it's, real dumb. Yep. It's that that's, one. that's it. It's that that's one. That's the one. The minute I heard it, I was like, that is going to win <laughs> National Lampoon's <laughs> Vacation. It's like, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I specifically picked a few. <laughs> all of my categories this time were just like, this was made for this reason. <laughs> and uh, the rest of them, I'm just going to shoehorn yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Kelly. Please take us home with our last film and probably one of the I mean it's hard yeah. there are some definite a shining moment mm-hmm. in this list a league of their own and in cinema yes. history yes yes uh so uh there's this thing that it's called World War Two <laughs> happens <laughs> um and because they uh, uh killed a lot of people uh, they had to stop the uh, major league baseball because uh all those baseball players mm. had to go fight um and so the owners wanted to still make some money and are convinced to start a women's league. Crazy Women idea. playing baseball. Ay, ay, ay. I know. They can make bombs, but Crazy. baseballs, I don't know. 
uh, two of the players who are recruited are Dottie and her sister Kit. Um, and they end up um, taking Kit just because Dottie joins. Like, Kit is a good player, but not as good as Dottie. No one's as good uh, as Dottie. No one's as good as Dottie. Um, so they end up on a team called the Rockford Peaches, which is managed by uh, Jimmy Dugan, played by... Uh, oh, what, Thomas uh, Hanks? Uh, uh, t- oh, Thomas Hanks, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, because he's drunk most of the time, Dottie ends up coaching the team. Uh, and doing really well at it. Um, and the entire league becomes a success because she does the splits <laughs> while catching a ball. And I um, can do that. Hey. I can do that now, too, except I can't catch. Well, you can do half one. of it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. If, well, I guess I could. I was in a skirt yeah. when I did that. Um, so Kit becomes resentful because Dottie is getting all the attention. Um, and change leaves the peaches to go and join the Racine Bells, which is fun because you get to listen to them say Racine <laughs> the entire time, uh, which is not how I say Racine. Yeah. Uh, Might be how I say Racine. And then guess who plays? I say it that way. Funny. <gasps> All right, carry on. I say Racine. <laughs> so guess who plays against each other in the World Series? I have no idea. I'm kidding. It's, uh, it's the sisters. <laughs> <laughs> the Des Moines Buttercups? I love this movie. It is the best movie. It stars Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell uh, and a bunch what? of other. It stars characters. Gina Davis, then Gina Madonna. Davis, yes. Well, it stars Sorry. Gina Davis, then Madonna, Tom Hanks, then Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Gina Hold Davis, yes. an amazing so actress, a star who was lucky enough to briefly be married to one sexy, sexy Jeff Goldblum. I think that they were both lucky. Oh, yeah. No, it's a mutual luck. I mean, especially there was like Earth Girls Are Easy era for both of them. Like, man. I mean. It's one of the peaks of Goldblum. I just don't know if I can believe in love to the same degree that I did once because they're no longer together. (laughs) It's very disappointing. I hope they're still friends. Deeply disappointing. I hope so, too. Um, Yeah. Uh, every everything about Gina Davis is great. Um, yes. Have you, Kate <laughs> Kelly? Have you ever seen Cutthroat Island? <laughs> no. You should watch Cutthroat Island. <laughs> Gina Davis. Okay. Imagine, imagine Pirates of the Caribbean, but Gina Davis is all of the characters. That is what <laughs> Cutthroat Island great. is. Yes. Into it. You would love it. It is great. Um, and it's also kind of the movie, sadly, that sort of like ruined her career for a long time because they basically were like a woman can't be a pirate (laughs) but she's great in it there were women pirates but lots of women were pirates uh and also that movie is great so you should watch it but you should watch that woman who is in mensa gina davis (laughs) also an olympian archer i didn't (laughs) know that holy shit gina davis is amazing gina davis is amazing gina davis is frankly this is not a joke in any way a lot more praise and recognition that's amazing yeah she should she's a she's a she's a goddamn treat yeah treasure a treasure can you imagine can you imagine being like i mean like i I mean i don't know what kind of athletes are archers but can you imagine being an olympian archer and it's like it's like and now the representative from america Gina Davis. You're going to shoot <laughs> arrows against Gina Davis. Crazy. Uh, Crazy. Who at the time might have just been a model. Yeah. Who knows? She might not have been an actress yet. She might have just been professionally beautiful. Potentially. I kind of think and she did smart. that. I don't know when she did that. I, I, I mean, I think she must have been fairly young because all Olympians are. Um, but 
she might she might have been she might have already been an actress. I'm not sure. Gina Davis, gorgeous genius Olympian actress. <laughs> yes, Gina Davis better than anybody else. <laughs> um. Yeah, this movie's great. Uh, my brother and I were obsessed with this movie. We taped it um, off of like a Stars Free Preview weekend, <laughs> and oh, um, yeah. <laughs> we watched that. Up, we watched it so many times. Like this is one of those movies that I think I know. I could like, if pressed, I could like probably reconstruct the entire script of it. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it's kind of a weird movie actually when you rewatch it. Um, so in the original cutting of it. Uh, there's like this romantic tension, of course, between Gina Davis and Tom Hanks because they're both wildly attractive people who are so good at baseball. Yep. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, you cut the tension with a knife. And in originally, they were supposed. So it's important to note that Dottie is married at this time. Married, married to um, is it Bill Pullman? Bill yep, Pullman. Yep. Hey, <laughs> Bill. <laughs> Coming um, back around. Who is who is away fighting fighting World War Two, fighting na- Nazis. And he, he might have been fighting Jesse. I'm going to pretend he's fighting, fighting the Axis powers. I'm going <laughs> to pretend that he was fighting Nazis. Um, okay. That makes me feel much better about everything. They uh, and uh, they were supposed to have an affair. And that, that's like so when you but when test audience saw it, they were like, not not beautiful, perfect Gina Davis playing beautiful, yeah. perfect Dottie Henson. No, like that's. That never happened during World War II. What are, are you, you talking, talking about? about? Never. Ch- All of those ladies were ex- were cheating. Just at home and, a woman uh, cheating she on was her husband. Too busy at the factory to cheat. I mean, her also, husband was definitely sleeping with sex workers in France, but like, come yeah, on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> serviceman. So they cut it. So there's like sort of. It's a great movie, even though there are parts of it that you're like, huh. I think, uh, huh. think I'm missing something. It's sort of like, it must be what an adult equivalent of watching a movie when you're a kid where you're like, I don't really know what's going on, but I still like it. <laughs> like, it's all good. It's all fine. Um, plus, you get to see a bunch of like older ladies at the end um, being dubbed by younger women. And it's really oh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Super good. Um, what is also crazy about this movie is that uh, these women, like, tore their bodies apart <laughs> to be in it because they were sliding in skirts and were like tearing skin off their legs and that there is a moment where you see a bruise on on somebody's side and that is not Oof. makeup that is a real bruise that she got Whoa. while making this movie Jeez. um yeah i think that gene i mean gina davis definitely is like one of those people that like wants to do her own stunts so she i think she pretty much like learned how to play baseball okay i'm gonna throw a fact at you guys but gina davis it's gonna blow your goddamn mind tragically she was not in the olympics but she was runner-up in the 1999 olympics she was a she was like a full-on established actress and she got into archery two years prior to that in two years gina davis got so good at archery she almost made it into the Olympics. Gina Davis. Shit. Is archery really easy? I, I think, I think Gina, Gina Davis, Davis is really just impressive. Wildly impressive. Yeah. I think that Gina Davis might actually just be Dottie Henson. Mm, yeah. Who actually, yeah, yeah. if you read about Dottie Henson in like real life, if you do a Wikipedia deep dive on Dottie Henson, she's actually even cooler than the Dottie Henson in League of Their Own. For mm. example, she does not stop playing baseball. She just keeps playing baseball. Hmm. Um, and it's total badass. Her name is Dottie mm. Green there in you real go. life. By the way, I just looked it up. I didn't. Know yeah, but like, I mean, I think like like it, like when Gina Davis does the splits and catches the baseball, like she's really doing that. Um, I, all the sliding, obviously, you just can't fake it. Like, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's it's really incredible. It's an incredible movie. 
who, I'm, who I'm pretty it? sure that uh, Rosie O'Donnell did dive into the crowd and then came back up with a, an actual hot dog in her mouth. So, like, that was real. <laughs> that was <laughs> definitely funny. real. So, I, I obviously, Sisters Before Misters, it's a movie about two sisters. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, struggle yep. and will. Who has the stronger will at the end? But they're still, they're still friends. And it's mm-hmm. still good stuff. Don't they, like, not talk to each other for a long time? And then meet each other again at the opening of it's this It's unclear. Um, it's unclear. There's, like, a weird... There's weird stuff there. I know that that's, like, another weird aspect of, like, what's cut. Is that it doesn't super make sense. Hmm. Like, all the kids know who she is, and some of them are pretty young. And, like, are like, oh, she's like, it's good to see you again. But, like, there's also sort of, like, some weird thing where she's, like, nervous about seeing her sister. I don't know. My head canon around it yeah. is that, like, within that context, it is uncomfortable for them to be around each other. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Fair. Uh, Marla is also great. Mm. Marla Hooch. Marla Hooch. Yeah. Categories? Uh, my category is Good Morning Campers, because it has a real camp yeah, feel. Fair. Like camaraderie. Mm-hmm. The bus. Kind of Those yep. are Archer. <laughs> the bus. In real life. They all lived in one house. <clears throat> one of their husbands died in the war. Classic no. camp story. <laughs> um, my category for this is um, Met You One Summer and It All Began. You're the best girl that I ever did see. The Great Larry Bird. Jersey 33. <laughs> From LFO's Summer Girls. <laughs> Oh, it's just it's a, it's a it's maddening. Um, what was she was gonna marry? So so I think, yeah, so I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's. Um, <laughs> I was gonna give it to you. I was like, yeah, we. Oh, I mean, you like, did a deep dive. You did a deep dive. It took a surprising amount of research, but I, it's also nonsense. So. It's total. Nonsense. I've gotten all the joy that I want out of it just by saying fair, it. I had no fair, expectation fair. of winning. <laughs> she said to share this fact, which is just being able yeah, to read just it to out, yeah. to make sure that other people heard the same thing that I saw, and I'm not crazy. Right, right. <laughs> Right, it's not like a, a Berenstein Bears situation. Oh God, no. Um, all right, guys, we did it. Yay! Yay! I had one wish. My name is Rich. Chinese food makes me sick. That's a weird one. Yeah, I'm sick. How dare you? Yeah, Jesus. Everyone likes Chinese food. Stop, you it. asshole. Stop it. Jesus, yes. Rich, your name apparently. Um, guys, thanks you as thanks you thanks you as always for tuning in. Um, glad to be back after our little break there. A break. Jesus Christ. Come on, Crawford. Say say words. Uh, glad to be back after our break. Um, if you like what you heard, heard, <laughs> give us a rating. Give us a review. <laughs> tell your friends, slave family. Uh, and until next time, bye. 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 Just...